Welcome to the Moses Lake Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. This episode is from our Conquest and Defeat series, which walks through the book of 2 Samuel, discovering life's journey of grace, mercy, and faith. We hope this message will be an encouragement to you, and we'd love to hear how God used it in your life. As we come back to uh, our study of David, I want you to think with me about the times when you've heard about a doctor that was only treating symptoms. Maybe somebody would go in and, <clears throat> and see a doctor for something and they say, okay, what are your symptoms? Okay, I'm going to give you this medication and the symptoms will go away. We've all seen it when a doctor would maybe treat a symptom rather than the phrase going to the source. Think about uh, maybe having a home and uh, owning a home, my, my sister, I literally just got off the phone with them, and they said, our water is shut off right now. I said, well, why? And they said, because we have a leak. You ever, been in a, you ever had a leak in your house? And you come into one area, I can recall plenty of times growing up, come into one room, and there's just a puddle, you know, just a random puddle somewhere where water shouldn't be, and you... And you think, oh, somebody spilled something, you know? And imagine this is your home. You come in, there's that puddle, maybe on the, on the uh, living room floor, and you just go over, you think, well, they spilled, you, you wipe it up, and then uh, you go out, you get up the next morning, come back in, there's that puddle again. There's that puddle again, you wipe it up, and that happens three or four times, and pretty soon you're thinking, you know, I have a leak. How foolish would it be for you to say, well, I'll just keep wiping up the water. No, what are you gonna do? You're gonna do what my sister and them are doing literally right now, digging into their wall to find a leak. What are you going to do? You're going to go to the source. If you were at work and a, a coworker came up and he said, hey, I uh, just want to let you know the boss said he's giving you a $5 raise per hour. $5 raise. You'd think, all right, pretty cool. But you'd probably go check with your boss to make sure it's true. <laughs> what if they came up and said, hey, uh, boss said you're fired. You can pack your bag, go on home. What are you going to do? You're going to go find the boss. Why? The whole idea in all three of those situations, you're going to go to the source. The doctor should go to the source of the symptoms, not treat the symptoms themselves. Uh, the homeowner should go to the source, find the source of the leak. Don't just treat the leak themselves. The, <coughs> excuse me, the employee would need to find or get to the source of the news of that raise or of, of that firing. The fact of the matter is, getting to the source is going to help solve some problems. And that's what we're going to do tonight, is we're going to be challenged with this thought of get to the source. We're going to pick up in 2 Samuel chapter 13, and we are, we are going to cover the whole chapter. It's one story that just kind of flows together. But I just want to start by reading just the first few verses. So 2 Samuel chapter 13, beginning in verse number 1. It says, and it came to pass after this, after what? After everything that we read in chapter 12 with David and Nathan, David's right now with the Lord and David, uh, they, they've conquered. Um, you can go back at the end of chapter number uh, 12 and see all the different people of Ammon that they've conquered and all that's taken place. After that, that Absalom, the son of David, had a fair sister whose name was Tamar, and Amnon, the son of David, loved her. Now stop right there, just real quick. David, we know David had many wives. So David's wives uh, that he had, of course, had many children. So Absalom 
Tamar, Amnon, Solomon, others that we could read about, most of them are, are half-siblings, all right? We just kind of need to know that going into this. And Amnon was so vexed, so anxious, filled with anxiety, that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin, and Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab, the son of Shimei, David's brother. Jonadab was a very subtle man. And he, Jonadab, said unto him, Amnon, why art thou being the king's son, lean from day to day? Wilt thou not tell me? And Amnon said unto him, I love Tamar, my brother Absalom's sister. And Jonadab said unto him, Lay thee down on thy bed, make thyself sick. And when thy father cometh to see thee, say unto him, I pray thee, let my sister Tamar come and, and give me meat and dress the meat in my sight that I may see it and, and eat it in her hand. So Amnon <clears throat> lay down and made himself sick. When the king was come to see him, Amnon said unto the king, I pray thee, let Tamar, my sister, come and make me a couple of cakes in my sight that I may eat at her hand. Then David sent home to Tamar, saying, Go now to thy brother Amnon's house and dress him meat. The story, of course, continues. If you know the Bible, you know a little bit about the story that <clears throat> Amnon fakes to be sick. Tamar comes in. Tamar begins to... Uh, really to be the nurse that would cook a meal, you know, and, and serve it to her brother. And her brother tries to have physical relationship with her. In verse number 12, skip down, it's not on the screen, just here in the, in the Bible. And she answered him, nay, my brother, do not force me, for no such thing ought to be done in Israel. Do not thou this folly. But Amnon disregards her request and Long story short, verse number 14, howbeit he would not hearken unto her voice, but being stronger than he, forced her and lay with her. And Amnon raped his own sister. The story really is, I mean, his actions are summarized in verse 14, but the story just completely digresses from there. Things only get worse pretty much for the rest of the book of 2 Samuel. But especially in this chapter, by the end of this story, here's, here's the results of just this story. We'll see all of this in just a second. A brother rapes his, own sis, rapes his sister. A brother has a brother killed. A father ends up heartbroken. A household is lost. And the fall of a kingdom begins. But my thought this evening is this, that it started somewhere. The, the progression that we see in this uh, disparaging story, it starts somewhere. And so tonight we're going to take a few minutes and we're going to go to the source of where all of these ailments start for Amnon and Absalom and Tamar and the whole family. We're going to go to where it starts. And we're going to go to the source tonight and I think we'll receive some counsel about um, the source 
of some of our challenges in our life. So let's pray, and then we'll get into this thought tonight. Lord, I want to come before you and just want to pray that you'd bless the preaching of your word tonight. I want to ask, Lord, that you would help us to to hear from you and to be challenged by your word. I pray tonight that you'd help us to receive counsel. I pray, Lord, that whatever stage of life we're in tonight, that you would help us to to check our influences. And Father, we uh, just pray that whether we're here in person or online, that you would use the word of God and that you would speak into our hearts. We love you, and it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As we consider this story before us tonight, I want us to know just a few thoughts. First, I want us to understand this from the, from the story, that our influences, our influences shape our thinking. Okay, our influences shape our thinking. Of course, in the story, what we just read a minute ago, <coughs> we recall, and we can just kind of go through this very quickly, that uh, Amnon is, is really upset. He's anxious. His spirit is vexed. The Bible says that would be just you, almost you're causing yourself to be sick of something that, that you're jealous and envious over. There's just a lot going on internally to the point that he's, he's causing himself to be sick. And so Jonadab shows up, who's actually Amnon's cousin, the son of Shimei, David's brother. So you have two cousins who are also good friends. And Amnon shows up, or Jonadab shows up and, and begins to speak to him. But I want you to notice something. Before, before Jonadab showed up, before Jonadab showed up, Amnon had the right thinking about the situation. Okay, well, where do we know that? Go to verse number two. Go to verse number two, the verse I just quoted or read. Amnon was so vexed that he fell sick for his sister Tamar, for she was a virgin. Amnon, notice the last phrase. Amnon thought it hard for him to do anything to her. Do you know what Amnon knew in the back of his mind, that phrase right there? It means that he knew that it was inappropriate and that it was improper. That's, that's what the, the wording would lead us to believe when, when you start defining the phrase. It was, he thought it hard for him to do anything to her. He knew that it was inappropriate and he saw it as improper. He knew it was, it was an improper thing for him to have such feelings toward his sister. So I, I would say that's the right thinking. He knows, hey, there's this, there's this attraction here and that's not normal. Amnon knew that. Hey, there's this attraction here, and, and it's improper. And it was causing this wrestling match within him. Now, I'm not going to try to be weirded out or, or gross on anything tonight, but was the attraction that Amnon felt, was that sin in and of itself? No, it wasn't. What was it? it we, don't, we don't know. We can't dive into this, but... We, could, we can say that it was improper, it was inappropriate, he hadn't acted upon it, but it was there. Now, what would probably have been, the, I mean, our day and age, what would be the right thing to do? Hey, let's get some counseling, let's get into the word of God, let's figure out what the root is of this, and let's, let's move forward, okay? But here's what Amnon did. He had a friend. He knew it was inappropriate. He knew it was improper. We would probably venture to say that him saying, I'm, man, I, 
I think my sister's pretty. Him saying that's probably not a big deal, but for him to have physical feelings toward her, he knew that's not right. That's not right. I'm not going down that road. Does that make sense? He knew that. But what happened? Verse number three. But Amnon had a friend whose name was Jonadab. Amnon's friend, also his cousin, comes in and comes on the scene. And what what does verse three lead us down? It leads us down the road where Jonadab says to Amnon, hey, what's bothering you? Hey, Hey, what's bothering you? And Amnon tells him, man, I... I've got a crush on my sister. Now, a good friend would say, that's disgusting. We need to get you help. That's what a good friend would do. And we'll talk about that in just a minute. But Jonadab doesn't say that. Jonadab says, basically, hey, dude, you're the king's son. Hey, hey, here's what you should do. Here's the plan. And Jonadab, the plan that is executed by Amnon, all of it is laid out by Jonadab. Literally, Jonadab influences change in Amnon's thinking. Amnon's thinking was, this is inappropriate. This is improper. This is a wrong direction. Jonadab's influence said, not a big deal. Amnon, not a big deal. Amnon, it's, it's, just, it's, it's normal, Amnon. It's not inappropriate. No, 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 no. Amnon, you are wrong. I know you think it hard to to, uh, move forward down this road, but Amnon, it's not that big of a deal. The influence of Jonadab literally changed what Amnon was thinking. Jonadab, the influence into Amnon's life, shaped his thinking, shaped Amnon's thinking. And that saying, that thought is still true, that our influences shape our thinking. When I was a kid, I just told the kid, our kids this story a few weeks ago, and I think it kind of fits for tonight. When I was a kid, we lived in a town outside of Greeley, Colorado, called Evans, Colorado. And uh, of course, those of you that maybe uh, grew up a long time ago, I mean, you knew, and those of you that grew up an extra long time ago, you knew uh, that, you know, you, you play outside a lot. And so I remember, man, I'd get home from school at three o'clock or 3.15. And when I'd get home from school, we would stay out. You, you could stay out till the streetlights came on. That was, our, that was my mom's rule. Stay out till the streetlights came on. And uh, some of you had to stay out till the candles were lit, you know, or whatever the case is. But I shouldn't pick on people. But uh, you know what? I remember we had one, one afternoon that we had a free afternoon and so we grabbed some golf clubs and we grabbed some golf balls and we didn't live by a golf course, mind you. We just grabbed golf balls and golf clubs and a buddy of mine was like, hey, we should go to the, let's go to the school field and let's just hit golf balls. And I knew, I knew deep down this is not right. Like, like you could do it, it's fine, but this isn't gonna turn out well. This is not gonna turn out well. And his name was Danny, and it's not Daniel Blim, just so you know, although he was a bad influence too. But uh, this guy, Danny, he was like, no, 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 we'll be okay. And our buddy, I think Eric Fredrickson was also there and a couple other kids, Kyle and Kevin. And they, 
we went out and got to the field, and I'm like, we're, we don't need to do this, guys. No, let's just, let's just go. Let's do something else. Let's play football. Let's, okay, we'll play football. So we played football for a little bit. Hey, let's, let's hit golf balls now. No, we, we still shouldn't. Well, finally, I, I gave in, and we started hitting golf balls, and we started setting those golf balls up and just swinging, and you know, we didn't know what we were doing. We weren't hitting them very far, but Danny got up, and he got that golf club, and he hammered one of those golf balls, and it just started going, and we thought, oh, man, that's going to hit the back fence. That just went over the back fence. Oh, it's going to stop short of that house. And we heard a window shatter. I can't tell you how fast I ran, but I ran fast. And we, like, we dropped golf clubs. We left things. We just, we split. We were gone. And I remember a few days later, I don't remember how everything happened, but it ended up that I'm pretty sure that the people who owned the house knew people that went to our church or something like that. And so people found out. And you know what? I look at that and I know it's a silly story, but my mind was made up. We shouldn't hit the golf balls out of this field. It's just not smart. But the persistence of some influences got, got us to just keep hitting golf balls. You say, pastor, that's hitting golf balls out of a park. Yeah, but it just goes to show that influence matters. Our influence shape our thinking. What's the next principle that we can look at? Well, our thinking determines our actions. Our influence shapes our thinking, but our thinking, that determines our actions. If you go to the story, we read that because of the influence of Jonadab, that Amnon decides to pursue Tamar. There's not a lot of reassuring or getting a second, or excuse me, reassessing or, or getting a second opinion. No, Amnon literally, it's just the way we read it. It's like Jonadab said this and Amnon was like, yeah, I'll do that. And went home and began, began the process of, of making himself sick. When it says that he made himself sick, it's not that he you know, took something that would make him sick. It's, it's to fake that he was sick. He started faking being sick and all of this. All of this is because of that influence, but now Amnon, now Amnon's thinking no longer is it that's improper or that's inappropriate. No, now his thinking is, it's okay, I'm going down this direction. And, and Jonadab now helps Amnon fulfill this, this sensual, selfish desire, and Amnon is driven. He's driven by his thinking. His actions literally are driving the, the car of his, or the, his thinking is literally driving the car of his actions. And he pretends to be sick. He proceeds to execute the plan that Jonadab had, had recommended. And David comes in and says, what's wrong? What, what's going on? He says, well, just send, send Tamar just to come help me. I'm sick. And, and no doubt Tamar came with sympathy for her brother. No doubt Tamar came, David maybe sent word, hey, Amnon's sick, would you just go help take care of him? And, and, and Tamar enters this innocently, and, and she comes in, and Amnon has, has Tamar make him some, you know, some chick, chicken noodle soup and bread rolls or something, and, and she brings it in, and when she comes in to serve him, I mean, he, he's not even thinking now. He's not thinking because if you go and you read the passage, he, he violently, I mean, the way, the way it words is he violently pulls her in, hey, come and have a relationship with me. And she begs him not to do it, but again, he's not thinking. 
He's not thinking, so what does he do? He just, he just pushes on and he refuses to listen. And his thoughts, they have determined his actions. Influence shapes thoughts. Thoughts determine actions. And because of the influence of Jonadab, Amnon is now only thinking about fulfilling a selfish desire. And he is now driven to action by that thinking. And he continues down that trail that he's on and it forces him, his own decision forces him because he is forcing himself to rape his sister. Well, where did it start? It started an influence which affected his thinking, which affected his actions. The Bible says it this way in Proverbs 23, verse number seven. As he thinketh in his heart, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. The context of the passage is speaking about an evil man, an evil man pursuing evil actions. And basically it's saying, hey, what's on the, what's on the inside is going to come out. Our thinking will show up at action because we act upon what we think. Influence shapes our thinking. Thinking determines actions. But notice lastly tonight and you say, it's only 6.40. Don't worry. We've got a while to be here, maybe an hour. The last thought is this, that our actions always have outcomes. Our actions always have outcomes. This story really has a lot that takes place. And I want us to just consider, just consider what happens in this story. If you were to go and... <clears throat> Read the rest of the story, verse number 14. It says, Howbeit he would not hearken unto her voice, but being stronger than she, he forced her. He lay with her. Then Amnon hated her exceedingly, so that the hatred wherewith he hated her was greater than the love wherewith he had loved her. And Amnon said unto her, Arise and be gone. Verse number 19. Tamar put ashes on her head and rent her garment of diverse colors that was on her and laid her uh, hand on her head, went on crying. And Absalom, her brother, said unto her, Hath Amnon thy brother been with thee? But hold now thy peace, my sister. He is thy brother, regard not this thing. So Tamar remained desolate in her brother Absalom's house. But when King David heard of all these things, he was very wroth. You know what happens in the, what we just read? Abnon, he gets done. Tamar, hurt, heartbroken, no, no doubt defrauded in this place of of uh, being abused. She gets up and it says that he, he hated her more than the love that he had for her and the just understanding that now he's seeing, Amnon's seeing everything a little bit clearer now, but instead of, instead of repenting, instead of getting right, we're gonna see in just a little bit that Amnon never really, he never gets right with David. Word gets back to Absalom. 
the brother of Tamar, and Absalom is there, and Absalom says, hey, what happened? Did, did, was Amnon with you? Which makes me think this has been an issue for a while that the family maybe knew about that, that perhaps could have been dealt with. But Absalom says, was he with you? And David finds out. David gets wroth. And if you continue the story, you'll find that Absalom says to, goes to David and says, hey, dad, uh, hey, let me throw a, a get-together with all of the siblings. Let me throw a get-together with all my brothers, with all the siblings. I just wanna, I wanna spend time. Actually, Dad, why don't you come too? I'm gonna, we're gonna go to the sheep shearing. It was kind of a festival thing that we could do. Let's, let's all go there. And David says, no, I don't wanna go. Absalom says, well, at least let my brothers go with me. David says, no, I don't want them to go. But Absalom pressed and pushed the issue. And so finally, David says, okay, Absalom, well, all right, you, you can take them and go. But Absalom had hatched a, a secret plan. Absalom's plan to his servants, he said to them, he said, hey, listen, when, you, uh, when we're at this sheep shearing, when we're here, when Amnon gets drunk, I want you guys to take him off to the side and kill him. Don't fear for your life. I know he's the king's son, but I'm a higher ranking king's son, and I'm telling you to do it. Don't worry. Don't fear for your life. Just kill him. So they go, <coughs> and Amnon goes with the brothers. The servants corner Amnon. They follow through with Absalom's plan. And now Amnon is dead. All the brothers that are there flee and go to verse number 31. It says, then the king arose. He tear his garment and lay on the earth and all his servants stood by with their clothes rent because he hears that all of the sons, all of his sons have been killed. And Jonadab, the son of Shimei, David's brother answered and said, let not my Lord suppose that they have slain all the young men, the king's sons, because for only Amnon, for Amnon alone, only he is dead. For by the appointment of Absalom, this hath been determined from the day that Amnon forced his sister Tamar. Now therefore, let not my lord the king take the thing to his heart to think that all the king's sons are dead, for Amnon only is dead. But Absalom fled, and the young man that kept the watch lifted up his eyes and looked, and beheld, behold, there came much people by the way of the hillside behind him. And Jonadab said unto the king, Behold, the king's sons come, as thy servant said, so it is. And it came to pass, as soon as he had made an end of speaking, that behold, the king's sons came and lifted up their voice and wept. And the king also and all his servants wept very sore. But Absalom fled and went to Talmiah, the son of uh, Amahud, king of Geshur. And David mourned for his son every day. So Absalom fled and went to Geshur and, there, and was there three years. And the soul of King David longed to go forth unto Absalom, for he was comforted concerning Amnon, seeing that he was dead. This story, how it unfolds in the end, is incredible to me. And here's why. Who was the person that most of this started with? Jonadab. Who's the person that most of it ended with? Jonadab. But who are all the people that suffered in the middle? 
the list could just go on. You think about all of the action, or all of the people that Amnon's action affected. It had an effect on Amnon. Well, what was the effect that it had on Amnon? He lost his life. His own brother killed him. It had an effect on Tamar. What happened with Tamar? She ended up abused and defrauded and kind of just set to the side. It had an effect on Absalom. What'd he do? Man, he not only had, was filled with all of that bitterness, but then he ended up killing his own half-brother and then fleeing from David. And this will all set up Absalom actually turning against his own father. And we'll see this in weeks to come. Absalom ends up enraged. And David, where, where does he end up in all of this? David ends up heartbroken. He ends up heartbroken. He ends up, uh, yes, comforted concerning Absalom. Absalom's dead. And David, we know how he dealt with the, the death of the child in, in uh, 2 Samuel 12. He just kind of is like, you know, I, I know I can't be around. I know I can't bring them back, but I'll go to where they are. And so David's moved on from that. But now he's dealing with Absalom running from him. I mean, David has heartbreak after heartbreak in this, watching his family just completely fall apart. And if you look at this, the... The actions of Amnon that were determined by his thinking, which was determined by his influence, it affected literally an entire family. As a matter of fact, if you go and we'll see it in weeks to come, but David's family, David's family was never the same after this incident. Personally, I think I can make a case that it all goes back to 2 Samuel chapter 11 with Bathsheba. His family knew about it, watched it happen. I could think we could go back to that. But in this specific story, everything that transpires from here on out flows out of the actions that happened in this story. Our influences, they shape our thinking. Our thinking, it determines our actions. Our actions have a far-reaching outcome. So what can we gain from this? I think we have to go back to that source. Well, what is the source? Influence. Be careful who or what you allow to influence your heart and your mind. Jonadab was the main influence in the life of Amnon. He's the one who pitched the idea. He's the one who, even though, even though he was a cousin, even though he was supposed to be close, I mean, he's family. Jonadab pitched the idea and pushed the idea, but Jonadab is not the one who paid for the idea. Everybody else did. Now, in the end of the story, Jonadab is the one bringing the news to David. He's the one saying, oh man, so here's what happened. Did you catch what he said to him when, when Jonadab said to David, he said, this has been on Absalom's mind since this day. Might have been a good time for Jonadab to say, it kind of started with me. But instead, Jonadab is just the message bearer. He's the source. He was the influence. I know I say it often here at the church, and we, I hope we continue saying it, but influence matters. Who or what we allow to influence our life matters. Yes, yes, Amnon made the choice, and those choices 
uh, did affect other people, but the fact of the matter is that the influence into Amnon's life is what pushed him toward that choice. Amnon went down this road because of the influences that the influence that he allowed in his life. And so tonight I want to give you, as we kind of tie all of this together, I just want to give you some, some practical principles that, I've, that I believe we can point to this story about understanding how to put good influences into our life. Okay, so we get it. Influence matters. It affects our thinking. Our thinking affects our actions. Our actions have outcomes. We see the story. We watch what happened with Jonadab and with Amnon. We understand we need to be careful who or what influences our life. So then how do we put good influences in our life? Here's just a few thoughts. We got to understand that good influences, they will always care more about you than themselves. Good influences will care more about you than themselves. You know what I see in Jonadab in this situation? <clears throat> I see Jonadab, yes, he's kind, of off, he, he's kind of off the main scene, if you will, but I see Jonadab just trying to self-promote him, his relationship with Amnon. Do you see him at the beginning there? Hey, I beg you, tell me what's going on. Come on, I'm your, I'm your best friend. Come on, don't you know who you're talking to? Don't you know? And Jonadab was very, uh, very much about self-interest. And tonight we need to know that good influences, people who really are good influences in our life, they're going to care more about, about they're going to care more about me than they are about themselves. They're going to care more about you than they will themselves. They're going to care more about what's going on with you and in you and what your thinking is. They're going to care more about that than caring about just getting something off their chest, caring about uh, themselves and how they're going to turn out. I think good influences care more about you than themselves. I think good influences care more about truth than about feeling. Good influences care more about truth than about feeling. I don't think it's an accident that 2 Samuel chapter 13, verse number 2, says that Amnon knew it was wrong, and verse number 3 begins with, but Amnon had a friend. It's a contradictory thought. Amnon knew it was wrong, but Jonadab, he didn't play into the truth, he played into his feelings. Hey, Amnon, I'm sorry you feel that way. Hey, you, you don't need to feel that way. You're the king's son. There, there's nothing that should be, should be kept from you. Good influences, they're always going to care more about truth than they are feeling. I think thirdly, that good influences, they're always going to care more about outcome than satisfaction. Good influences are going to maybe take into their mind what we looked at this morning, that they're going to care about where is this going to put you? Where is this going to take you? What road is this going to lead you down? And good influences, they're going to care more about outcome than, than satisfaction. You see, Jonadab, the outside influence, he wasn't thinking, where is this going to take Amnon? Where is it going to take the kingdom? Where is it going to take me? Jonadab wasn't thinking that. Jonadab was thinking, Amnon, I'm going to help you get what you want. I think that's one of the reasons why we should always have have and build influences around us that have a differing opinion than us. Because we can all find influence, the, the saying is we can find uh, uh, um, influence or information in an echo chamber. 
And you can, all your friends can be an echo chamber. What's that mean? That I, I know I can go to Noah and say, Noah, should I do this? And I know that Noah's gonna say, yes, you should do that. And I'll go to so-and-so and then I'll go to Dustin and say, should I do this? And Dustin's gonna say, yes, you should do that. Why? Because I know that my friends, they're an echo chamber. And all too often, that's the type of people we build around our life is people who are not going to speak truth to us. And what are good influences? Good influences are those who are going to speak truth to us And they're going to care more about the outcome than how I feel. I would rather have a friend say, that's a wrong road. Even though you think and you feel that that's right, that's wrong. I would rather have that sort of a friend than a friend that says, meh, throw your feelings out or throw throw the truth out and just go with how you feel. I don't want a friend like that. I don't want an influence like that. Why? Because good influences, they care more about outcome than about satisfaction. And the fourth principle is this, that good influences, they care more about God's direction than your desires. They care more about God's direction than your desires. I think this comes back to the fact that a good influence is gonna be somebody, somebody who says to you, "That's that's not what I find in here. No, that's, that's not what I see in the word of God. No, 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 hey, listen. God has something different than what you're thinking. What are they doing? They're caring more about God's direction than my desires. I think tonight we can all probably think of people around us that have been a good influence. And we can think of people who have been a bad influence. And I would probably venture to say that the people who have been good influences in your life, they've matched some of these descriptions. They've cared more about you than themselves. They cared more about truth than feeling, speaking hard things into your life rather than what you hear. They care more about outcome than satisfaction. And they care more about God's direction than your desires. You know what a, a good friend is going to do, a good influence is going to do? They're going to reaffirm what you know to be true about God rather than what you think to be true about yourself and about your needs. Jonadab, had he been a good influence, would have said, Amnon, you're right. Improper, inappropriate. That is a big no. Amnon, let's, let's get you some help. But he wasn't that way. Instead, he cared more about helping Amnon fulfill his desires than helping Amnon go God's direction. So tonight, I close with three challenges. Number one, consider our influences. Hey, who are are you giving a voice into your life to? Who's that coworker that you easily just kind of allow to speak into your life? All right. Is it somebody who is caring more about you than themselves? Is it somebody who's gonna speak truth more than feeling? Is it somebody who's gonna give you God's direction? Consider our influences. I think every time, every time I'm in my own Bible reading and I read 2 Samuel chapter 13, verse number three, every time I read that, but Amnon had a friend, my mind says, what kind of friends do I have? And I think we should consider our influences. Number two, Ask God to build good influences in your life. 
I'd speak to the teenagers and the kids that are here and really everybody, adults, every one of us, we need good influences. We need people who are going to speak truth even though we may not want to hear it. We need people who are going to say wrong direction. No, don't go that way. Hey, here's what God has to say. We need people like that in our life. And you know how we get those people? We ask God, God, bring those people into my life and help me remember who and realize who a good influence is. God, help me not to just live in an echo chamber God, build good influences around me. Number one, we should consider our influences. Number two, we should ask God to build good influences in, our, in your life. And number three, ask God to help you be a good influence. Ask God to help you be a good influence. You see, every one of us live around Amnons. So what do you mean, Pastor. Every one of us live around people and God brings people in our path that they know maybe the direction they should go isn't, you know, I, I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be, the direction they're going isn't the direction they should be going. They're Amnons knowing, you know, I, I think that this is a hard thing. I shouldn't be doing this. God, help me to be the friend that is able to speak hard things. Not mean things, hard things. Help me to be the friend that loves them more than I love me. Help me to be the friend that cares about truth more than how they feel, more than how I feel. Help me to be the friend that cares more about where is this going rather than what can I gain from this. Help me to be the friend that cares more about God's direction than helping somebody else just fulfill their desires. Three challenges from the story of Amnon, Jonadab, Absalom, Tamar, and David. What is it? This week, consider your influence. What are you giving entrance into your life? Who are you giving entrance into your life? Number two, ask God to build good influences in your life. God, help me to see the people that you can build around me to help me. And then number three, ask God to help you to be a good influence. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope it's been an encouragement to you. And if you'd like any further information about our church, we'd like to encourage you to visit mlbc.church.